is the Up For Grabs podcast. My name is Derek Spivey, and I'm the host of the podcast. I'm here with my thoughts and a couple of my friends to discuss Big Brother US Season 20. I'm so, so excited to get back into things with you guys. I was on vacation for a little while, but I'm caught up on the show and just really, really pumped to break down the recent events in the house. Got a couple of really special guests tonight. So before we get started, let's go ahead and do some introductions. All right, here with me is my good friend and uh, brother-in-law. I'm sure you guys remember him from last season, Justin Southwell. Justin, what's up, dude? Oh, what's up, dude? It's great to be back at it again. Yeah, it has been a while, but we're excited to have Justin back on. I've got one other guest, a very special guest tonight, uh, another good friend, my true real-life sister, Sheridan Southwell. Sheridan, what's up, dude? Hey, big brother. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> I've never been on a podcast before, so this is new, but I'm glad to be on yours. Uh, thanks. It's actually uh, Justin's, too, so. <laughs> Both of yours? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think it could be anybody's. It's really up for grabs at this point. Let's be real. It's John Gordon's, and it always will be. He's such a teacher champ. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get started talking about uh, this last week and this season. It's been a little bit, um, but we're not going to go back too far. It'd be fun to cover Swaggy's eviction and everything that happened with the bros last week, but let's go ahead and pick back up where we left off for this last week's um, events. So we'll start off with Sam's HOH and then Caitlin's eviction. I think it'd be hard to not talk about Caitlin's eviction last night um, at the top of this podcast, so let's go ahead and talk about it. I feel like this is one of the craziest events that's ever happened in Big Brother history. I know that you guys don't have the same perspective, not having seen every season, but um, what was going through y'all's heads as you watched Caitlin uh, fail at that puzzle and walk out the door last night? I mean, talk about falling flat on your face. Two minutes and, what was it, two minutes and 30 seconds, and she wasn't able to get probably the easiest competition, easiest puzzle completed in that time. And not only that, but... She literally, she started to figure it out by laying it all on the ground. And then she's like, eh, I can't lift it. She started crying. And that ultimately probably cost her from being able to come back in the game. Like, Get out of here. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I could have expected anything coming from Caitlin because she is just such a curveball in every regard. She's uh, just... I don't know, she could do something like she did last night or she could have totally dominated and I wouldn't have been surprised. But just the way that she went out was kind of weird and her interview was also kind of strange to me. Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to whether or not she gets a hit in the middle of the puzzle, right? Because if she gets a hit, then she probably completes it in like record time. But without the hit, it's like she's just regular old Caitlin, I guess. Yeah, she can do nothing wrong. She just resorts back to that every time. It's all in for the good of everybody, so... What I thought was really funny about the puzzle was like, I haven't heard anyone point this out yet, but um, you know, most puzzles have to do with the fact that you don't know what the end result is supposed to look like. Like you have to piece the different pieces together and then ultimately you, in the middle of it, kind of decide, oh wait, I think it's a person that's standing up and I'm trying to make a person. But like, I thought it was a dead giveaway allowing her to basically see what the puzzle looked like at the end and then punch out all the pieces. Like, I know that probably wasted, what, 15 seconds every time, but getting it's to see sad. what it looked like and everything. I mean, think about how much easier it is to do a six-piece puzzle if you already see what the pieces look like when they're put together. So the fact that she knew what it needed to be like and still couldn't put it together is pretty amazing. 
did she think it was going to be something else when she put it back together? Like, seriously, what well, the heck else could the, it have been? She had some of the pieces, like, turned around backwards. So even if she'd oh finished the puzzle, no one's really sure if Big Brother would have let her back in. I mean, everyone's thought is Big Brother wanted her to come back. They plan on her being back in. So, uh, you know, the way that she finished the competition, there was really no way out. Like, production had to tell her to leave the house. But um, I think if she had managed to just mash the pieces together, what if she just, like, held them together with her hands and was like, I'm done? They definitely would have kept her in because at this point, it almost seems like she wanted to get out because two minutes and 30 seconds to solve that puzzle should be a walk in the park. And she had to have her mental breakdown through the middle of it. And it's like, all right, she's had enough. She's ready to go home. That's kind of what I got from it because ultimately it would have been way more fun for her to come back in the house. I'm sure production wanted it. Probably a few other people in the house would have liked to have seen it. America probably would have liked to have seen it just for the pure entertainment factor. But I think she was just done. Yeah, I agree. The mental breakdown in the middle of the comp was just, to me, kind of, it showed that she wanted to go. And every time she cries, it can't decide if she's just totally acting or if she's really crying. She's just a mess all over the place. So I thought the mental breakdown kind of showed me that she just wasn't really in it. And then just with the interview with Julie afterwards and she was talking about how uh, she wasn't sad and everything was happening for a reason. It just, it, it she kind of just made it out to be like it was planned that way. She didn't mention this, but how awkward would it have been if she just wanted to go back so that she could see her boyfriend? Yeah, I mean, she's talked continually about her boyfriend despite uh, all the guys that she's tried to hook up with essentially in the house since day one. So I think that's very strange. Um, I know that she is excited to go home to her boyfriend and that production probably didn't tell her right away. What's funny about Big Brother is that um, when you come out of the house, you don't know a lot of things, but then they put you in front of a psychiatrist pretty fast and begin to kind of divulge some of the secrets of what happened on a more personal level in and outside of the house. Um, just because they realize if you were to find out from a fan or someone random, it could really like scar you for life. So they try to handle them very delicately. And I can't imagine someone uh, with the personality and emotional state uh, like Caitlin um, being flooded with all that information all at once. Like I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't surface in the real world for quite some time, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I bet that's really tough for Steve having to adjust. <laughs> Poor Steve. Uh, this was... Uh, this was supposed to be the summer of Steve 2018, so um, I feel really bad for the guy. I mean, he had his whole summer planned to uh, be in the Big Brother house and uh, winning, you know, $500,000. And uh, the guy, honestly, he lasted longer than Cameron did last year, so I don't feel super sorry for him, but um, yeah. Well, that's only because they didn't have a competition right out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could have been worse, too. It could have been like Glenn and... Uh, 13 hours, he's gone. Yeah, exactly. It's like some people don't even last like a half a day in house. So, I mean, Glenn did Glenn didn't get it very good either. I mean, Steve definitely got a better experience than both of those guys, but um, you know, any first week boot is pretty tough. I honestly thought Steve played it pretty well. So, I don't know why I'm talking about Steve so long. It sucks. <laughs> and he's been he's been gone forever, but I mean, honestly, I think if he was still in the game, he'd be in a decent position. He didn't seem to be clueless on a social level like a lot of the players are right now um he was definitely trying to play the game but i mean when you're that old and you have a hard time fitting in it's just it's difficult early in the game not that it's like 
we're harping on Steve so much because he is somewhat important to talk about. But whenever he was up on the block the first week, he was up on the block against Sam. And obviously, Sam being a part of this week's uh, eviction is a pretty big deal. So if Steve had maybe gotten the votes to stay in, none of, and it's hard to say like what would have happened this week with Sam being at HOH. Yeah, I think that uh, Sam's another wild card. I mean, we saw the way that she handled this HOH, and she handled it strictly on like a personal level. So it's not like her and Steve probably would have had much of a personal beef or anything. They seem like pretty simple people. They probably would have got along just fine. But uh, any small shift in the house, like someone like Swaggy C, I mean, think about how different this game's going to be without the two biggest personalities in the house, Swaggy and Caitlin. I mean, I still think that we're set up for a really amazing season based on uh, – the social structure in the house right now. Um, there's a lot of promise still in this game, but like thinking about the game that we have now, if you take out like Rachel and Angela and insert Swaggy and Caitlin, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think uh, America would be starting a petition in a few days to see uh, if we could stretch out the season for um, at least another hundred days because everything that we've gotten up to this point is pretty amazing, and the fact that we've lost. Two of the bigger personalities in recent Big Brother memory is just incredible. Yeah, but I think it's also interesting to see how the personalities have developed over the course of the season because there were some people that I just really didn't like at the beginning, and Sam was one of them. But honestly, like through the HOH, even though she kind of did some weird things, and I think a lot of the house guests were kind of offended by the way that she presented the HOH ceremony, but uh, honestly, I like her a lot more than I did when she was the robot. She was just super annoying. And when she got the the prize, did she ever like? did she ever get the power? Oh yeah, she did because she talked about it constantly. Yeah, but what was it called? The power app. The power app, yeah. When she got that, it was just super annoying because. Yeah, she was. Just you mean y'all didn't like my power app? I really don't like being a robot, <laughs> but it's okay because America gave me the power app. But I hate all women except for myself. <laughs> That's getting worse and worse. <laughs> it started to sound like Mayor B from Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll just yeah. stop it. That could go sideways really fast. But, um, I don't have the... Oh, this. no. <laughs> oh, my God. But uh, I could go either way on Sam. I mean, I think she's got some decent upside as far as, like, winner possibility. I just don't like that... Um, she went from being basically a no one to creating a huge target for herself this week. Like she definitely didn't make really any new friends, but she probably made a few enemies this week. Anytime that you win HOH and you're already in a good position in the house is just an opportunity for you to really lose ground socially in the game. And you have to be a very careful player to leverage your HOH to gain more social power. And she basically did the opposite. I mean, she just kept everything very personal. And like even her allies, she wasn't willing to share information with. Like we saw her withholding information from Tyler. It's just very strange the way that she handled things. Uh, Fortunately, because of her accent and her unassuming nature, I think that a lot of the house guests still realize she's not much of a... uh, They're not intimidated by her, at least mentally. And so I think that uh, she has an opportunity to not be nominated or targeted for a while, just based on you know the way that her innocence is perceived now. Well, Derek, since it is uh, our pod, like you said earlier, uh, I'm going to flip the script here, turn the tables a little bit. So with the way that Sam is kind of switching things midway through her HOH, um, I think that maybe part of that too was just because she knew that they had the chance to come back ultimately. Mm-hmm. 
But what did you think about whenever she was... I mean, it sounded like it was maybe part of the game plan to put JC up as the renom. And uh, he decided to speak up against that. And ultimately, it changed her decision to put Rockstar up. Yeah, so the problem is that Rockstar obviously put a huge target on her back whenever she acted out uh, following the Winston eviction. Yeah. And uh, it made things really complicated because Rockstar wouldn't have been the target that week. But once you act uh, that much like a fool in the house for that long, it it inevitably does leave a target on your back. It, if not as an initial target, at least as a... Um, you know, secondary target. And so that's essentially what happened is Rockstar wasn't going to be nominated. Um, initially, Sam really didn't have any reason to nominate her. They actually got along pretty well in the house up till that point. But I mean, eventually you run out of options and uh, the crazy person becomes the next best choice. So that's what Sam was left with there. Tyler and other people were really pushing for Rockstar to be the uh, renom. I think we saw some of that actually on the episode. But um, the problem is that uh, Sam really didn't like Caitlin and was really set on Caitlin going home. And so her idea was, let me just put up someone in the house that uh, is very well liked across the entire house. And in her mind, JC is the best choice. And, you know, in my opinion, JC is one of the probably top two or three most well liked house guests, probably the second most behind Tyler, ironically. Um, but uh, JC is a little more innocent, I guess, as far as the game goes. And so uh, Sam thought that he would be a safe bet. But uh, ultimately, I think um, JC, <laughs> I mean, once, once I heard that he'd avoided the block by speaking up during the veto ceremony, I expected him to have said and done a lot more. <laughs> he actually didn't really have to right. say much at all um, to guilt trip Sam. It makes me wonder if almost Sam had it made up in her mind that, um, you know, she was going to nominate JC, but if anything happened during the veto ceremony, she, she was just, just going to not do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because she, she kind of like ran over to him and was like, do you really think I was going to do that? Like, it was like almost like they were putting on a show for yeah. the house guests. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, she was almost 50-50 on the decision going in. So just any little thing one way or the other probably would have led to one or the other house guests being nominated. Uh, the ultimate reality is though, it looked like uh, you know, Caitlin would have went home either way. So, I mean, ironically, JC stuck his neck out there when it probably wouldn't have ended up, uh, you know, being a big deal at all. He probably wouldn't have gotten hardly any votes. So, I, I mean, I think it's really cool that he was able to avoid the block there. But in the end, I'm not sure that move is actually going to be good for his game just because it's going to stick in people's minds as some way that he, like, manipulated the house in a tense moment or whatever. I could just see this coming back to him uh, against him in like three weeks or so people are like oh, I remember sure. JC he like manipulated that veto ceremony um, I don't know I mean it could, it could be a possibility I feel like nothing's really out of the question as far as that goes but it's just kind of interesting to me how Rockstar didn't get away with banging pots and pans whereas Josh did in yeah. last season I think that uh, now would be a good time for me to try to do a JC accent so I don't think I don't think that I'm like awesome and like like I just broke up like in a, in a powder beetle ceremony and like I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, that's pretty great, actually. Uh, we're gonna have to put subtitles on for our listeners so that they can understand everything you just said because Big Brother has to put up subtitles for JC probably ninety percent of the time. Well, I just I just think that like Caitlin's gonna have to go on the yatus because uh, you know she she's going to uh, uh, find out that a lot of people uh, hate her outside the house, you know. Jing jing. <laughs> Sheridan, do you have any thoughts about JC? Well, I don't know if this is something that he would have 
benefited from, but I feel like just being that pawn for a second when it was the easiest time to be the pawn, he could at least say that he was on the block maybe at least once, but you know, he would have definitely not gone home. And I feel like just to be on the block so that he could say he was on the block. So that's the only thing I was thinking that why didn't he just go up there against Caitlin, who was definitely going home? Yeah, sometimes being a pawn is a good move in the game. Uh, you know, there are, there are players like Paul and like Derek from BB16 that uh, have played flawless games and not really gone up on the block at all. But um, if you go long enough in the game without getting nominated, um, that ultimately becomes part of why people view you as a threat. I mean, maybe not everyone, especially those in your alliance, would uh, think of it that way. But eventually people will begin noticing whether on your side of the house or on the opposite side of the house, that you're not really spending any time on the block. Therefore, you must be playing a decent game. And, uh, you know, I, I worry about that with JC. It's like at some point, man, um, you know, you're going to probably have to go on the block and you're going to need to swallow it a little bit better than you did uh, mm-hmm. this first time. But uh, I ultimately think he's a decent player. You know, he definitely has a passion and uh, the nerve to play this game well. It's just like, in a you know, a lot of times that gut reaction um, that people have in the house is what ends up making their week harder than it had to be. And that's kind of the position I see him being in. It's like, can he go up on the block and not lose it in an instant, uh, but hold it together enough to uh, wor- you know, work his way into safety? Um, that's what I'd love to see from JC going forward. I really love him as a character and as a player in this game. I like the um, relationship that he's formed with Tyler, and I think they're a pretty dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the way that he interacts with Fessy, though. I think it's oh cute. yeah they're Fessy. hilarious. He's like his little brother. Oh, the best part of them interacting was their conversation on people being left-handed. Oh, oh my god, Fessy is so stupid. I mean, he's like he's like only like one million people in America, and I'm like hashtag Fessy is a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well uh, we've had some uh, thoughts shared about JC and Caitlin so far. Um, and a little bit of Sam as well. What did you guys think about what Angie uh, Rockstar did this week? She definitely uh, made her presence very known. I don't know if you guys had feelings about her going into the week, but it's hard to uh, feel neutral about her at this point. So tell me where you guys land on her now. Yeah, I just don't feel like she was doing any gameplay. She just kind of was being emotional. And I think all the things that she did was based on just her going a little stir crazy. And... I just don't think she's playing very smart right now. All right, I just I've never had any expectation for her to do anything in this game, so anything she does, like nothing she does surprises me because she's not playing smart, doesn't surprise me that she's not playing smart. And then who she's aligned with doesn't surprise me either. Like she's kind of a floater and she gets called out and she starts freaking out like what else is new? Well, it's kind of funny. I sympathize with her quite a bit during the Brett thing because people do lose their minds in the house. And a lot of times, especially during um, and around evictions, people are the most emotionally vulnerable. And so I felt like um, obviously she could have handled the Brett situation better than she did. But I understand why she got set off a little bit. What I didn't understand was um, how emotional she kind of stayed this week in the house. Mm-hmm. We saw her cry multiple times over some pretty uh, not crazy stuff and when I saw her crying initially about the Brett stuff I was like all right she lost it she's getting her tears out you know I would assume she's more emotionally mature than some of these people but uh she pretty much lost it this week and I don't know if she's getting it back to be honest yeah the only thing that I will say that I did it just kind of enjoy and was surprised by was that last conversation that she had with Brett 
just about how she basically wasn't a threat and how she appreciated the way that he did that. Because I think that that was a good strategy, but it was kind of too late. Yeah, like I think Brett sniffed that one out a little bit, but uh, good for her for at least trying, right? Uh, I mean, recovering late is typically better than recovering never, um, at least most of the time in the Big Brother house. But let's say if Brett didn't say anything after that last eviction, Rockstar may not even be up on the block or be in consideration for any of this. So I think that was a huge game move by Brett because he kind of had a target on his back being up on the block with his bro, and that got deflected to Angie and, you know, he saved himself from the block for at least another week. Yeah, Brett did a really good job of um, kind of sneaking back into the background. I mean, he got really lucky, honestly, yeah, with the way that yeah. Rockstar reacted. He got lucky. And, I, and I'm and i honestly kind of shocked that people didn't automatically assume that he was lying or that people didn't think that that was shady. That was like a non-issue for everybody for Brett, which I feel like was just totally luck on his part. But the way that they took it out on Rockstar was kind of weird. Unless I, unless there were things going on in the background that I didn't see, I feel like everybody kind of just put it all on Rockstar for freaking out, which she did. I mean, yeah, if she doesn't react that way, then people don't have any kind of reason to be suspicious, and then maybe they can start questioning her a little bit about, like, hey, did this really happen? But they didn't even get the chance to do that because she's freaking out, like, going off on Brett. Yeah, it's very true. Um, so what do you guys think about Fessy's game? Because his game is definitely going to change this week with Caitlin gone. Uh, I said this week, I, I guess, I mean, going forward, I mean, he, he probably should not have won that, uh, veto, but it ended up working out all right because Caitlin goes home. Um, uh, his number one ally is Haley and Haley's probably a better player. And, uh, the three of them together are more threatening than just the two of them. So, uh, how do you guys feel about where he stands in the house and how do you feel about him as a person, I guess, as well? <laughs> Well, first, I just want to say that he got a huge break by Caitlin not coming back in the house because he drew a huge line in the sand by winning that veto and using it on Haley. It's one thing to win it and maybe not use it, but for him to use it on Haley over Caitlin, if she had been able to come back into the game, like Caitlin probably would have just made his game and just, you know, have blown it up. I mean, she was kind of already talking about that. Like, if she comes back in the house and she gets HOH, that Fessy's probably going to be the next person to go. Um, but I think, ultimately, I don't I don't know that he's playing really a bad game, but it's kind of tough whenever you have kind of like two rider dies, in a sense, because you're going to have to come down to a choice, and uh, it just makes things way more complicated than if you were just with one um, and you guys could maybe fly under the radar a little bit more, but uh, he can definitely fly under the radar more with Haley, yeah. but he can't do that with Caitlin. Yeah, I think if he was going to have a showmance, I think being with Haley was a good choice, and Caitlin was a bad choice just because I feel like Caitlin's obviously a lot more out there, and with Haley, he's not putting as much of a target on his back, and I feel like to this point, he's definitely flown un under the radar other than the fact that he's been able to win any competition that he wanted to win. And so I feel like he could be a lot stronger of a player and he might show that later. But I think for, for now, he can just fly under the radar and keep just hanging with Haley and seeing what other big personalities come and that he can compete with. I think his best asset at this point in the game is that everyone thinks he's an idiot, uh, because he probably is, but admittedly, he didn't know very much about the game going into the game. 
And I think he's had a couple of pretty huge wake-up calls with Swaggy going home and now Caitlin going home. Um, if the dude hasn't figured out what this game's about yet, uh, he never will. But there's a part of me that thinks he's picking it up a little bit. He even, uh, on the feeds, talked to Tyler this week about forming a final three between he, Tyler, and uh, Scotty. So, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I don't think he had thought through that all the way or had much of a plan to go with that idea, but he's at least pitching things at this point, uh, trying to make moves, uh, whether it's just because he's so bored in the house or uh, misses his football or something. I don't know what's motivating him to uh, suddenly start playing the game, but uh, he seems to at least have reached another gear. Um, so maybe he's in second gear. I mean, uh, to me, point. that just makes me sound like, I mean, that's just like another not smart move because if I'm Scotty or Tyler talking about a final three with those guys, immediately my mind's going to go to, dude, what about Haley? You literally just like expressed your love for her, pulled her off the block and she's not in the conversation at all. So something's up. You know, speaking of Scotty, I think we need to mention his game, even though this is something that uh, dates back to the beginning of the previous week. Uh, the guy um, is basically a no one in the house. Then he has a swaggy C and Steve, his number one and number two allies, go home uh, consecutive weeks. Then he gets into power and Wait, wins was Vito. swaggy part of his alliance because he yeah, voted him in, out. They're so. both in Faute. Um, but he was salty towards Swaggy because of the way that Swaggy was campaigning to him on a personal level. Oh, but, yeah, I kind of remember that, yeah. I mean, the deal is Scotty... Salty. <laughs> he's yeah, salty. He was salty. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's never heard that before. So, uh, I think I'm that, sure he's never done a lot of things before. Yeah, uh, he's never kissed anyone before. He's, <laughs> he's talked about that. But, actually, I think uh, Caitlin was trying to get with him early on the season. No, I'm kidding. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Every single guy. She actually did flirt with him quite a bit, uh, I think, during the second or third week of the show. Everyone was talking about it. It was like, oh, Caitlin's moved on to a fourth guy now. Um, I would have been here for, like, week eight, Caitlin and JC hooking up because, you know, uh, that would have been amazing. So I think Scotty did something really interesting. He wins uh, HOH that, you know, he arguably shouldn't have won in week three. Um, He makes a big move, which he arguably, arguably shouldn't have done. And then he wins veto, which is even more threatening. Uh, and he leaves week three, making me wonder, oh my gosh, is this guy even going to make it another week in the show? And then he slips again, r- like Brett, right back into the background, seemingly. Um, what do you guys think about the way that he handled his HOH and where he currently stands in the game? I kind of like that he stuck with his game plan. Well, kind of. Maybe not, because... If I remember correctly, before he was talking about he was going to attack the floaters. So if that's the case, I don't know if you go after the bros, which maybe at that point, maybe they're more of floaters. But if I'm looking at the people now, I would consider Casey, Angela, and Rachel to kind of all be the floaters. So it's surprising to me that he would put up Brett and Winston. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, floater hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> Uh, I should probably go ahead and clarify. The word floater means two different things in the game of Big Brother. Uh, to the casual fan, floater means you suck at the game and you're not really playing. To the person who understands the term a little on a deeper level, it means that you're floating Like Scotty. Between, like yeah, Scotty understands so. it. Yes. It means you're floating back and forth between different sides of the house very fluidly. Um, a coaster would be someone who is essentially just a wallflower not playing the game. So just wanted to uh, give a little bit of a Big Brother... Um, 
lesson today for your school. So class is dismissed. Thank you. Yeah, I really like the way that Scotty went after the bros. And obviously he was successful, but just the conversations that he had. I mean, Winston's super awkward, but that was hilarious. He just seemed super intimidated by both of them. And just the way that he just spoke to them about his plan. He just didn't seem like he was in power. But maybe that's a gameplay move. I don't know. Look, Scotty's not a bro, okay? Like, I can't, I mean, Brett and I, we're bros. And, uh, you know, uh, he's just not a bro. Scotty doesn't, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So, I want to talk about, real quick, I know it's a couple weeks past, but Winston and Brett being up on the block at the same time. And it's almost like, and they can't get off the block because Scotty wins veto. He keeps the nominations the same. But Winston gives his kind of like half-hearted speech. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty much, I'm confident that I'm going to be staying. So I'm not going to say my like poems or whatever he said. And then Brett was just like, oh, had a vision. You want to keep me? And like all of that stuff, like just epic, hilarious. Uh, it's like they weren't even on the block together. <laughs> they don't even care. But uh, that's just kind of like, kind of goes to show you like how much they respect Scotty, I guess. Yeah, I thought uh, the way that that whole week played out were there were a lot of highlights. But uh, the number one highlight, of course, was Brett's veto speech, which is just amazing. And then when you see what happened to Rockstar afterward, um, it's one of the highlights, I'm sure, of the entire summer that we'll have. But uh, Brett and Winston handled that week very interesting. I think that Brett's number one mistake was not uh, keeping a tighter leash on Winston. Um you know, they were such bros that it would have been awkward for Brett to be coaching Winston through the week. I think Winston saw himself as uh, more of a leader and spoke up probably more than Brett did even. And almost everything that came out of Winston's mouth um, essentially hurt his game and with it drug Brett down as well. So, uh, you know, I wish I'd seen Brett disassociate himself a little bit from Winston as the week went on, but Winston wasn't going to allow that to happen. Honestly, he was going to continue to just talk about how much they're bros and how closely tied to each other's games that they were. And uh, that's why we saw the week shake down the way that it did. It was kind of interesting to see little parts of Winston reminding me of Cody from last year, just and how he left and how he was storming off and just really seemed kind of immature and didn't really have a good social game with other people kind of reminded me of the way that Cody played. So it'd be interesting to see if he wasn't friends with Brett on the show how he would have played by himself. Yeah, I think Winston by himself and Brett by himself are both better players. So I think whoever had survived is going to have a chance to make it far in the game. Um, Ultimately, though, the reason why Brett was kept in the game was because he is a bigger threat than Winston. So I think if Winston stays, he probably makes it several weeks and really only gets sent home due to his own actions in the house, like if he were to win HOH and act like a fool or something. But I think Brett, in general, as long as he's in the house, is going to be intimidating, at least to some people, like Rockstar, for example. Um, And Rockstar is very vocal. She's already made it known at this point that uh, she would target Brett if she had the chance, and she's basically encouraged her entire alliance to do so if they are to get in power. So depending on who wins this next HOH, which has already happened and played out, by the way, I think Brett um, you know, could end up being in trouble soon. He needs to be very careful about how he carries himself the next couple of weeks. And it's also kind of interesting. They kept him because he's a threat, which isn't always the case. Because sometimes you want to keep the weaker players in the house. But seeing as how uh, that alliance kind of knew that they had the numbers, it just made more sense for him to stay. So I feel like with him being a stronger competitor, 
that it probably does paint a bigger target on his back, and he's probably going to be knocked out a little bit sooner than if Winston had stayed in the house, for example. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Angela, Casey, and Rachel all kept Brett instead of Winston, because if Brett is the bigger target, you would think that they would want to have, at the end of their alliance, if they're going to be the last one standing, they would want to have the weaker player with them. But, I don't know. Yeah, so what happened is Tyler and Casey are extremely close in the house. Yeah, she's probably his number one ally, um, ironically. And uh, Tyler definitely convinced Casey that uh, keeping Brett around because he's a bigger threat is better. Now, it's better for Tyler's game for sure. I'm not sure about Casey's. But, you know, Tyler is pretty unassuming at this point. He's playing up the surfer broness, and uh, not a lot of people are reading through everything and seeing how much he's running the game. Some of his allies realize that he's a good player. Uh, but not um, quite as good as we know at home. But uh, he realized that Brett was a little more intimidating, at least especially to some of the Falte people, and he thought, man, if I keep Brett in here, that's a little bit more of a shield to protect me and my game. But if Brett's gone and everyone realizes how much of an idiot Winston is, then suddenly I'm the man that's running this alliance of people, level six or whatever. So that was smart of him to do that. Now, Angela and Rachel, more on just on a personal level, never really connected with Winston very well. We heard Winston talk a lot about how he's never really connected with women very good. He hasn't really been in serious relationships before. And looking at the guy, you wouldn't be able to tell. But after seeing some of his behavior in the house, he's definitely acts immature at times. And you could see how, um, like, you know, just the way that Angela and Rachel view him in the house uh, and connect with him on feeds and stuff. Um, you could kind of believe it. He's, he's not much of a... A ladies man so i think that they just on a personal level were like you know i'd rather have brett in the house yeah that's good to know because it seemed like angela and rachel got along with both of them and you just don't really see a lot of those girls anyway so it would be interesting to see one of those three you know casey rachel or angela um win hoh just because they haven't really played the game as far as what we've seen on the regular show maybe you've seen more in the background but i haven't really seen them do much I will say this too. Brett was my pick. And so one thing that I really like to see from his gameplay is whenever he was on the block, he didn't really seem nervous. He kind of felt like he was still more or less in control, even though, you know, he didn't win veto. He couldn't pull himself off the block. He kind of has this almost like a swagger about him. Like, dude, it's, it's going to be cool. So if he's up on the block again, and he's up against somebody else, not not necessarily Winston, but somebody else, maybe like uh, Rockstar or, um, I don't know, Scotty or JC. If he's going to be acting a lot more calm through all of that, I think that that can play to his advantage just because other people are going to be freaking out and stuff. He can calmly campaign and maybe be able to work some things out better than somebody else who's just frantic all the time. Well, the reason why he was able to keep it cool uh, was figured out by Rockstar earlier in the week. You know, Rockstar identified that Brett is just one of those guys that she loves to hate. He's one of those guys that just walks into a club and uh, says, I could buy this place right now. <laughs> she said that over and over and over. So clearly Brett's not motivated by the money. He doesn't care to win or lose. Uh, no, I'm totally joking. I think Brett uh, has a, a definite coolness about him, and that's probably the one thing that he's got working for him the most. Unfortunately, Tyler's got the same deal going on, but right. he's just a better player. So, uh, you know, if Brett could figure out how to get in with, like, 
uh, Bailey and maybe get close with like JC and Angela and Rachel or something. I could see them doing some interesting stuff, but as long as Tyler's in the game, he's going to be keeping an eye on Brett and ultimately making sure that Brett's in a worse position than him and, you know, a bigger threat than him. Uh, so. Speaking of Bailey, that's one person we haven't talked about yet. So how do you think that she's going to be able to recover with Swaggy not being in the game anymore? I'm really surprised with Bailey as well because I thought she would have been an immediate target just because she seems like an annoying personality. She kind of rubs people the wrong way, but I think she's done a really good job kind of sliding under the radar, and I think she'll become HOH when she needs to if she wants to do that, but for right now she's just trying to develop friendships, and I think she's done a good job since Swaggy isn't there. She was acting like she was really close to Haley on the last um episode so i think she's done a good job i think she kind of has to maybe she has to be a little more careful of who she's aligning herself with if i'm her i'd maybe kind of reevaluate things you're not tied down by swaggy anymore you can kind of see that your alliance is falling apart if i'm her i'm going to try to maybe align with rachel and angela and kind of get more on that side of the house and kind of play that card because i mean it's if she's trying to continue with the same alliance that she's got it's just it's falling apart and she doesn't really have any ties to it at this point and so i'd like i'd be interested to see if she goes that way or, or maybe if she tries to stick it out i just think that if she tries to stick it out with the way that she's been going uh obviously i don't i don't think it would work in the end yeah, so Swaggy said on Twitter this week that uh, he felt like Bailey was staying close to the Faute side and trying to stay aligned with Fessy, basically to honor Swaggy and Swaggy's wishes in the game. And he was kind of saying, I wish she would just branch out a little bit more. The one thing that she's done well, though, is that she's uh, she's not closed any doors off. So like Rockstar, who's put more and more distance continually between herself and the Tylers of the game and the Casey's and stuff... Uh, Bailey, you know, let things kind of the dust settle a little bit after Swaggy left and has stayed pretty much in the middle. So she would be probably um, the biggest floater in the game. Maybe JC uh, is floating a little bit more, but I think JC is more closely tied to Tyler than a lot of other people in the house. And he just throws out random votes whenever. Yeah. What do you mean? That wasn't a random vote. I was like, it was like my plan the whole time. Man. And was like, that was Angie who voted that way. And it's like, Angie was not even voting, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what Bailey ends up uh, doing in the next couple of weeks. I do think that she's going to have to pick somewhat of a side because the house is so divided at this point. You can't just stay in the middle forever or else those people will end up getting picked off as well. Um, well, it kind of just seems that she has picked her side because she's consoling Rockstar and saying, you got to keep things together. Like, you got to overcome this. Like, we'll be okay. And things like that. Whereas if I'm her and I'm seeing that, I'm thinking good luck, you're on your own, and then I'm going to go hang out with Angela or Rachel or whoever, like, just to try to fit in with them a little bit more. But Was that your rock star, like, diary room impression? Because uh, your voice got a little weird there. I can't believe that you would come after me on my daughter's birthday. I can't do a good impression of her. <laughs> this is, like, just bad. I don't know what you're trying to do right now. But I think my face is doing more than my mouth right now, honestly. I mean, yeah. That was really good. So uh, speaking of good, let's let's talk and wrap this up and, and speak about what we think is going to happen next. I would love to hear both of you guys say uh, who you would love to see win HOH based on uh, what happened with Caitlin leaving. And if that person were to win HOH, who do you think that they would put up? 
Well, you kind of brought up earlier just how different the house is going to be since Swaggy and Caitlin are both gone. But I honestly think that there's going to be people that we haven't seen much of kind of step in and hopefully show more personality, but also show more gameplay. So I would like to see one of those people that we haven't seen much of. So Rachel, Angela, I like Casey because she was my pick. I would like to see what her gameplay looks like since Sam was such a unique HOH. I don't think that she plays the game like a lot of other people do. So that was kind of interesting to see just because it was different. So I'm kind of interested to see all of these people that we haven't gotten to see much of. I think for me, it would probably be either, not not that I like him or anything, but JC just for entertainment purposes because I have no idea what he would do as HOH, who he would target, uh, what he would say to people, what promises he would make, just really how he would try to play that power move with him being well, like how he's been in, in this season. And maybe my other pick on that, along kind of that same line of thought is Haley, just because I'd, I'd like to see her as HOH and to see how Fessy knows he's safe for a week and they kind of like co-HOH it together and It'd be interesting to see who they target. Maybe they go after, um, well, I don't, I don't even know. Like, it, it, It's hard for me to say, like, oh, Haley gets HOH and Fessy maybe convinces her to put up Tyler, make a big play move or something like that. And like Fessy's kind of pulling the strings at that point. Like, It would be pretty interesting to me. So here's what I want to see happen, right? So Haley, I think early on in the game, admitted to Rachel and Angela that she uh, did kind of like hanging out with Fessy, but she had a bigger crush on Tyler than on Fessy. Now, that's faded for sure, but how amazing would it be if uh, Haley won HOH and uh, Tyler and Fessy started trading time out of the HOH room because Tyler spent a lot of time in the HOH room, <laughs> no matter who's been HOH. And uh, well, she started falling in love with Tyler, and Tyler convinced her to nominate Fessy amazing. and send Fessy home. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. After Fessy saves her. We wouldn't even be missing ball. Caitlin at that point. <laughs> I mean, it would be like, holy crap, the ghost of Caitlin is still there. I mean, she's uh, her intuition has rubbed off on these fools. and The dove of Caitlin. <laughs> Grandpa Lou, God bless. Um, so you guys didn't say who these people would nominate. If Haley won, who would you like to see her send uh, on the block? Oh, alliance-wise, I think she would probably put up Brett and <coughs> Sam. Dude, she hates Sam. Sam she freaking does, roasted her. She does. Week. Yeah, she does hate Sam now. <laughs> I did not think about that, but yeah, definitely probably Brett and Sam, Sam being her target. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that would, I think it'd be pretty clear that Sam would be the target. Sheridan, who's Casey putting up if she wins? Yeah, I think Casey's going to go for Fessy because I think Casey knows that Fessy's more of a threat than he's putting off. And then I think she's going to put up, uh, who was I going to say? Scotty? And Fessy? I could also see Rockstar going up on the block. I think now that Rockstar has gotten on the block, um, she could end up being a pawn for several weeks and, and uh, sitting on the block for quite some time. Especially with it being almost unanimous in the voting last week. It's like, hey, you can go up as a pawn. Nobody's going to vote for you, just like this last week. Nobody voted for you. Yeah, I agree. Well, I already know what happens, so I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to ruin it for you guys or for uh, Sheridan and Justin, but... Um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen, uh, despite already kind of having a sneak peek on my side. Uh, I think we're in for another really great week, and I think this season has a lot of promise. 
I definitely wasn't anticipating Caitlyn going home. I actually thought that Rockstar would end up leaving based on how the votes seemed to be shaping up on the feeds the day before the eviction, but uh, the summer's been very unpredictable. So um, <laughs> just like all the other weeks, the vote was kind of up in the air, and you know, I was surprised to see the vote swing as far as it did, 9-1, to one, but it was ultimately a lot closer than what it showed. Uh, Caitlyn kind of lost it, I think, there uh, leading up to the eviction and, and had a few votes swing the other way. Um, the truth is Rockstar and Caitlyn are both crazy enough that uh, whoever kept their mouth shut the most that week was probably going to be safe, to be honest. So mm-hmm. Caitlyn was a little louder, a little more annoying, uh, too many fake tears, uh, just just a few too many t- fake tears, I guess. Um, but uh, she ends up uh, sending herself home, essentially. But I love, love, love this cast. I can honestly talk about each of them. Um, the only people I don't feel that strongly about are Rachel and Angela. And uh, much to probably most of the people surprised that are listening to this, uh, Rachel and Angela actually got together um, and were a huge part of the reason why Caitlin was sent home. So we haven't seen a lot of game from them up until this week, but then we saw a lot from them over about a 24-hour period. Um, to the extent that some people on the other side of the house were talking about potentially nominating them because they're such huge threats. I mean, the thought of that uh, just being like, you know, three days ago would be um, outrageous to any of us. But they they did so much in the game that uh, they were quickly changing people's perception of them in the game. So basically what I'm getting at is I'm loving all of this. I think it's a very exciting cast and just such an amazing season. There's already been two or three things that have happened that have just been complete gold. So the fact that uh, we've had all that in just four short weeks is just so, so promising. So um, hopefully we continue to see some really fun stuff. Absolutely. I'm ready. Let's do this. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in today to the Up for Grabs podcast. We've certainly enjoyed our time discussing the season and everything that's happened so far with you all. Uh, Thank you to Justin and Sheridan for joining me today for a special podcast and looking forward to uh, sharing some more with you guys next week.